Do you guys believe in magic? Be honest. How much thought have you ever put into modern day witchcraft, star signs, everything out there? Be honest, you two. Um, at least one second. It has crossed my mind. <laughs> um, when I was made an honorary member of the Tri Sigma sorority, I was gifted some crystals. And so I do have an amethyst crystal that I was told would make me give me luck in school. And I did have a good semester that semester. And I did recharge it in the sun once. I did not notice a difference, but I have participated in a little witchery. Witchery. Bad witchery. I have a similar I have a similar story about how when Carson and I fight, I will hide a rose quartz under his bed and then he loves me again. Moral of the story. <laughs> he has 17 rocks under his bed and he doesn't know. <laughs> I'm waiting for the day when he decides to move. He just says, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> what are, there's 80 rocks here. What's going on? <laughs> Blame it, on, like, blame it on the dog. His bed is like draped over a pile of course. <laughs> and to sleep on top of it like a dragon. He's like, why is my bed so lumpy in the middle? Nah, he's gonna, princess in the pee. He doesn't gonna, notice. I'm going to send him a copy of that for Christmas and not explain it. <laughs> that is, that the whole day right there. That was the funniest thing that's happened all day. Well, good. I'm glad. But I bring to you on our lovely cold open, I want to read everybody's astronomical sign association with their birthdays. Like that'd be fun. Astrological or astronomical? Because <laughs> this is one small step for Anne and Dallas. Yep. One giant leap for comic kind. Both. It's all right. We'll mesh the two worlds. Gotta do it. Who should we start with? Anne. Anne had her hand up. She raised it. All right. So everyone, should I say the actual dates of your birthday or is that allowed on the internet? Say it so everyone knows that my birthday is in two days when they're listening to this. <laughs> And there's still time to send me gifts via yeah. comicsology. Oh my gosh. He'll, Go he'll open it. it early. So Send me Amazon gift cards if you're a real fan of the podcast. I'm a villain on my birthday. I don't think anyone but Alexis knows truly Criminal. how needy I am as a birthday person. I sent him a gift. I was, all be- I was being on top of it. Send him a gift two weeks early. He's already opened it and read them. I guarantee it. <laughs> They were very good Tintin comics. They were. See, told you. Aww, that's cute. I'm looking at your present right now. And I oh, can't point that out. So know what Anne got you. Am I going to like it? Am I going to like it? I think you'll like oh, it. Oh, very much. A little bit. You might scream a little bit. Villainous behavior. A lot of I love you. it. I love it. So shall we start with Anne? Yes. Shall we share her birthday as well? Absolutely. Go All for right, it. right, everyone. Our lovely, lovely Anne was born August 12th. Therefore, that makes her a Leo. And if that doesn't make sense, I don't know what does because our queen is very spicy. So let me read to you a little bit from our Leo traits. Strengths, starting off hot. We've got creative, passionate, passionate, <laughs> generous, warm-hearted, cheerful, and humorous. I, I don't it. know. I don't know if that fits. It tracks. It yeah, tracks. We just like does. to bully Dallas. It does. Thank that you. does. That does track. She's pretty funny. <laughs> Weaknesses. 
arrogant, stubborn, self-centered, lazy, and inflexible. <laughs> okay. Okay. A few of those hit. A few of Locked those hit. Like the stars in. <laughs> Somewhere a star is dying and it's like, and you're a bitch, by the way. <laughs> I would make a comeback, but I'm too lazy. Love it. I don't have the energy. <laughs> Oh, funny, funny. Okay, so Leo likes theater, taking holidays, being admired, expensive things, <laughs> bright colors, and fun with friends. Being admired in bright colors. <laughs> She's like a cat. <laughs> <laughs> you're not just gay, but you're the center of attention gay. <laughs> Love it. Gotta get her a feather boa. Let's do it. It's her birthday gift. <laughs> All right. And finally, Leo dislikes being ignored, facing difficult reality, not being treated like a king or a queen. Frank and Miller. Queen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that. Okay, that fits. I believe in astrology now. <laughs> and finally, I also did find your um, compatibility. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm. So it says, as a fire sign, Leos are considered to be the most compatible with any other fire sign. So it suggests Aries or a Sagittarius. Okay. So you got to find another spicy person. I can, can find another spicy person. <laughs> spicy people, hit me up. <laughs> if, you're, if you're an Aries or a Sagittarius, hit up Ann. DMs are open. <laughs> All right. Any other thoughts about the lovely little Anne? DMs are open. Send Bob pics. <laughs> Send pics of Bob's. Bob's pulls. Oh my god. Thank you, Lexi. Those that was great. You're so welcome. And now we shall move on to our little Pisces King. Oops. Mr. Pushover himself. Who, me? <laughs> Born on March 18th, which is approximately two days from when this releases. The very end of Pisces season, actually. Look at you. Okay, so we have four strengths. He's compassionate, artistic, intuitive, gentle, wise, and musical. Also, juicy ass is also. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving right past that, no comment. <laughs> Weaknesses include fearful, overly trusting, sad, desire to escape reality, can be a victim. <laughs> I literally say the sentence, I love to be a martyr at least once a week. It says can be a victim or a martyr, but I didn't want to give you that. Also, literally, escapes reality. Said, oh my God. No. Escapes reality. I have a whole podcast about comic books. Hmm. Friends. Hmm. Love it. Your, your favorite writer is Grant Morrison. That's as far away from reality <laughs> as you can get. Sad. Also. Very sad. <laughs> oh, funny. All right. And weak. Oh, wait. No, I already said weaknesses. Pete Peasies. <laughs> the Pleakleys. <laughs> no, the Pisces like being alone, love, sleeping, <laughs> music, romance, swimming, and spiritual themes. I do love like swimming. Alexis Alice and, does like swimming. I was on the swim team. <laughs> he was. What? That's very oddly specific. Fancy. 
Love it. It wasn't very good, but he was on there. Fuck you. I'm just an excellent (laughs) swimmer. Fuck that noise. No, she is. I'm just like, y'all had a pool? No. (laughs) We had a pond. Your school had a pool? (laughs) No. Where did you go? Our school did not have a pool. I didn't say that. I didn't say I had a pool. Oh, you just mean casual swimming. No. No, wasn't it like city? There was a city team that uh, I did. Never no, mind then. He, he had casual swam and called himself a team. Aqualad. <laughs> I, went to Aqualad. I went to competitions. She is fake newsing me. I was six. She says gaslight gatekeep girl boss. <laughs> yeah. Gaslighting yeah. me out of my whole my own childhood. It's true. I am the second child. I am the most important. All right. And finally, Pisces dislikes the know-it-alls, being criticized, the past coming back to haunt, and cruelty of any kind. Being criticized is a big one. That's true. If you ever you say anything right. bad about me, I will hate you forever, frankly. <laughs> it's true. So anyway, let's get back to making fun of me on the podcast. <laughs> oh my gosh, why won't this one tell me who likes you? Apparently nobody. Nobody. <laughs> it just says, <laughs> like, it just says Abby. What's that? What is Addison's sign? Do we know? February 1st. She's another air sign. Or no, she's another water sign. I'm a water sign, right? Um, why is this one so different from? So once upon a time when I was on the swim team, water sign. Nice. Once upon a time when I was on the swim team, I quit because we got a new coach that made us do push-ups in between laps, (laughs) and that's where I drew the line. I was like, I'll swim all day, but getting out to do push-ups, absolutely not. I quit. I love oh. quitting things. I think I've quit every single thing I've done in my life to this point. It's one of my hobbies. Yeah. yeah. As long as you don't decide to quit the podcast, we'll be yeah, in business. That's the, that's the one. I also did not quit the Boy Scouts. I got my Eagle Scout. At the very end. I'm learning so much today. Just moments before I turned 18. I yeah. like Scout. I think it was like two weeks. I erected a flagpole for my Eagle Scout project. And I said, behold, this flagpole. <laughs> Give me my Eagle Scout so my grandma will get off my back. And they said, okay, here you go. Just do what I do and hold two middle fingers up in the air. Tell them to piss off. Because if we learn anything from my sign, it's that something I'm into. (laughs) As someone who is another fire sign with Anne. Fuck off. (laughs) All right, I found it. So your compatibility match is specifically a Capricorn. When are they born? Let's find out. I'm wondering. I don't think Addie's oh, a Capricorn. Addie is not a Capricorn. Addie is an Aquarius. <gasps> You're cheating babes. the system. Divorce, babes. Divorce. <laughs> Divorce. <laughs> oh, no, wait, but I found another. I found a section that says how to attract a Pisces man. And I'm going to read that. Because Addie <laughs> wants to listen later. <laughs> if a man is born with his son in the sign of Pisces, lives. Only to love and please their partner. Yeah, that tracks. He needs a partner who is a practic- who is practical and caring, ready to keep at least one of his feet on the ground and connected to the material world. Sensitivity, compassion, and kindness won't lack, but there could be a lot of shady activities in his spare time. He finds extreme joy in discovering presents their partner needs and buying them on any upcoming occasion. That's true. Dallas is a very good gift giver. 
behold. It tracks. A Pisces man loves to laugh and needs someone funny and carefree by his side. On the other hand, he's highly sensitive and has to need, <laughs> has the need to listen and please people in his life, making him susceptible to manipulation and lies. Using his imagination to please his loved one, this is a man who battles between strong emotions, never showing them to the rest of the world. Hmm. I feel like I have been seen by this <laughs> bogus witchcraft. <laughs> I will take this in, do nothing with it, and move on with my life. Having Ooh, been Dallas, seen. Do you have a lucky number? Yes. What is it? Nine. <gasps> Shut the fuck up. Really? <laughs> wait, wait, is wait. That... Their lucky numbers include three, nine, twelve, fifteen, eighteen, and twenty-four. Oh <gasps> that... damn. Shoot. I gotta reassess some core beliefs. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay, well, we got a weekly Bible study. Now we got to have a weekly astrology class. True, true. It I changes. Wanted, when I found out Tilly Walden did a tarot deck, I was like, a tarot? <laughs> tarot. It's like a parrot or a carrot. <laughs> carrot spell, it, spell it like carrot. I'm going to pronounce it like carrot. So anyway, this tarot deck by Tilly Walden, <laughs> I, wanna, I want it. But I feel like I have to understand the ways of the tarot. Before I buy tarot. Sorry, oh, vegetables. The tarot. We should read Green Lantern Corpse on the show. I would really like to do that. Also Love something it. I say. <laughs> I like to pronounce words incorrectly. It's a fun, it's a fun hobby. I was but once anyway. teased because I pronounced the capital of Korea as seal because I'd never heard it out loud before. Oh my I'd God. Only, blame you. I'd only ever that read sounds. it. It's all right. It's all right. The tracks. Mm-hmm. It's in character. Actively mm-hmm. stupid person. <laughs> I just, to stroke my own ego, would like to read my zodiac sign yes, as well. Yes, I'm interested. I am a Sagittarius, for all those who do not know. Um, strengths include generous, idealistic, and a great sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Weaknesses, promises more than they can deliver. Yeah. Very impatient. Will say anything no matter how undiplomatic. Sagittarius like freedom, travel, philosophy, and being outdoors. False. I am allergic to everything. Sagittarius <laughs> dislikes clingy people, being constrained, off the wall theories, details. Hmm. Yeah. I feel like I don't see that one as much for you. I don't either. I do I do know, I have to say, that there is a difference between what month you were born in for the definitions. Like they'll change. So like I'm a November. Hmm. Sagittarius and November Sagittarius's and December Sagittarius's are apparently different. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious. Maybe I'll get okay. into this. Maybe I need to find more rocks. Let's go outside. Just, I don't. I still. I don't think we're gonna do anything funnier today than you putting 15 <laughs> rose quartzes under Carson's bed. It's especially funny because I doubt. I if there's anyone that listens to this podcast that knows of anything rock related, I'm not doing it right. I'm just, I, I'm just buying those little stupid like heart shaped ones at Walmart. Be like, yeah, this will do. Pop them under the bed. You're but. like a cat bringing back a dead bird into the house. <laughs> hey, hey, I have to. Side note, Sagittarius compatibility. It literally says in bold letters, "Do not date any other fire signs." And for those who don't know, my boyfriend is an Aries. The bitchiest of the fire signs. So I have to hide a lot of rocks, okay? Leave me alone. <laughs> Gotta get him to like me somehow. It's good. It's fine. It, you make it work. 
I've learned that the key to uh, to happiness is putting out mostly. <laughs> Love that for you. I'm just kidding. Roll music. Roll <laughs> and end of the opening. And scene. <laughs> I think our new recording time has made us silly. <laughs> I think it's so. time. It's night night time. It is 6 p.m. and I want to go to bed. I'm too cozy. And I, we've also become too comfortable with each other. Remember back in the day <laughs> when we all were on our best behavior? No. We never were on our best oh, behavior. Fuck, I missed it. Um, March 11th was the one year anniversary. <gasps> so that was the first, the first episode I recorded with y'all. O-M so, goodness. O-M we, Aquaman. We've passed a year. I forgot we read Aquaman. We might need to read another one. I have Rex. I have I have suggestions. Oh, well, I do hope that you would. <laughs> there are two good Aquaman stories. Uh, the Jeff Johns run and the uh, G. Willow Wilson run. I was going to suggest the one drawn by Stepan Sage. <gasps> yes. Oh, gotcha. I bought that. I bought that one by Linda the other day. Oh, um, Plunderworld. Mm-hmm. You gotta let me know what you think of it. I will once it gets here. I ordered Absolutely. it on Amazon. We have fine print in the Comicsology if you're interested. Did you read through it? I have not yet. Mm. I have been on a new soggy journey, and I've been reading a bunch of TKO books. Mm. I read The Banks today. It was very good, by the way. <laughs> Um, okay. Should we... Shall we jump to the script? Absolutely. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Comics Collective, the weekly podcast where we read and discuss a collection of comic books or a graphic novel... I'm your host, Dallas. I'm Alexis. And I'm Anne. And for today's episode, we will be covering Mooncakes by Wendy Zhu, she, they, and Suzanne Walker, she, they. Ta-da! Ta-da! Lexi, do you want to talk to us about your pick, Mooncakes? I do. I just have to start off the front saying that this is a very... Very nice, chill comic. It kind of feels like the feeling of hot cocoa by a fire, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Just, just warm, cuddly, good. Makes your heart feel nice. It makes me think of autumn leaves. Mm-hmm. Very witchy of you. I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you think, Anne? What do you think were your it's, first? It was very, very cozy. It's one of those things that, like, it took me a couple days to get through just because I was I had so much <laughs> scattered. I, I read like full scattered brain. If I read like one thing all the way through, something's wrong. Because my brain, I'll read a book and like halfway through, I'll be like, you know, I haven't read anything with name Montoya in a while. And I'll jump over and read <laughs> one of those. And I'll read like exactly two issues before I'm like, have I read a Spider-Man book in a while? And then I'll jump over and do that. But this is a book that if you want just like a quiet night alone, just cuddle up with some hot cocoa and a blanket on your couch and just read the straight through because it's easily doable in one session. It's so, so cute. So, so wholesome. And yeah, it's just witch and werewolf fall in love. And that's, that's awesome. Better mm-hmm. than Twilight. Ah! Uh, <laughs> shut the hell up. 
okay, I've crossed the line. I'm sorry. I apologize. It's all right. But we'll retract that statement. We can still be friends. <laughs> Dallas I did Compass. start re-listening to those. So shush. <laughs> but yeah, Lexi, this was um the one you suggested. How did you hear about this one? I this is so random, but I for anyone who remembers, around like October-ish, I was scrolling through Comixology mm-hmm. to find like some pictures to revamp my comics account. So I was just like clicking and like reading, like going down a rabbit hole of just like trying to find good snapshots for like um like a profile picture of ca- a character that I like, just something mm-hmm. that like fit in that horrible circle that is impossible to fill. And I it just stumbled, like it just appeared on like the suggested comics to go over. And it just looked so cute. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna add you to the list and we will find you, we'll find you back when when we can. And here we are. We're back. Uh, I I often think you find the best comics like that. Just stumbling through, finding one thing that looks really cute or really interesting just from the cover alone. Wandering into it completely. I went in completely blind. I had no idea what was going to happen in this one. I just heard it was really cute. I heard it was LGBT. And that's all I knew jumping into it. And I was very pleasantly surprised. I feel like if you could put a subtitle on our podcast, it'd be Gay Little Witches. I feel like we read a lot of Gay Little Witches. <laughs> it's it's a good theme. It's a good like subgenre. It, it is a good subgenre. Is. I do feel like I was halfway through this and I was like... They have me read another Gay Little Witches book. <laughs> <laughs> what other ones have there been? I just feel like it's the overall vibe. I feel like Backstagers was also Gay Little Witches. I know they weren't, <laughs> but they're Gay Little Witches. It's got a similar vibe. I can see that. It does. It does have a similar vibe. Fruity. I like Gay Little Witches. <laughs> the Giant Days girls could be Gay Little Witches. Mm-hmm. Also Gay Little mm-hmm. Witches. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of similar art style as well, which is kind of mm-hmm. funny. Just very like rounded, friendly shapes. I feel like when we do Lumberjanes, that is also similar. Mm-hmm. Similarly gay little witches. Just really fun and cute and usually unproblematic. <laughs> usually. I got to put that out there because I'll say unproblematic and then someone will prove me wrong. So <laughs> just be safe. <laughs> yep. That was literally me today. I'm like, does anyone remember the comic Rat Queens? And someone's like, yeah, actually the artist was a domestic abuser. I'm like, oh my God. Ah! Could we <laughs> I hate. When that happens, yeah. not because I got called out for it, but because it's like, why do people have to be awful? Why do you do that? Why do, why why do, do you, you do that? that? I like you. I was enjoying this, and now I can't. I'm Ruined. anger. Trash. But no, as far as non-problematic books go, this is about as far away from that as you can get. I was even surprised because this has a um a protagonist who's um non-binary. The pronouns are they them um Tam right? Mm-hmm. And they. I, I thought that the villains, because it's so often you see a, like the villainous character when there's a trans main character, they're going to like misgender them at some point, And that never happened once during this book. Mm-hmm. Like even the evil stepdad still uses the right pronouns. I'm like, okay, cool. That. cool. I'm this like, is- yeah, we hate you. But good <laughs> we for hate you. you, but good job. <laughs> but even shitty people don't go that low. So don't exactly. be shit. Don't be shit. <laughs> Oh, I love it. But Dallas, it's- I feel like this book was unproblematic for the two of us, but Dallas made it problematic in his own mind. <laughs> Dallas, how did you problematify this book? So this this book didn't have enough drama to fill my drama tank. <laughs> and so I was just reading along and a character showed up and just my mind was like, ah, this is your trans rep. 
It's just something that my brain does when I'm reading sometimes, when I feel like it fits. And so I was just reading along and I was like, this character, they haven't said anything because they don't need to. But she's trans. And then she became the villain. And then I was like, wow. Uh, wow, Yeah, we're going to make the trans character evil. That's really problematic of the writer to do that. Like, are you serious? You're going to make her sneaky and evil? Like, come on, grow up, JK Rowling. And then I realized, I was like, I'm the problem. I'm the drama. I'm the drama. Am I the drama? I'm the drama. I just just like to thank you for being such a strong ally. Yeah. Battling your own demons. I'm becoming, I'm just getting wound up about nothing. You got your eyes open. You're looking for it. Looking for a problem. Just rolling through the book like, this has got to be homophobic somewhere. Me so, reading Deathstroke Inc. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. And on a one woman journey to be like Joshua Williamson. Anti-woman. We're going to have some. Anti-woman. There's a reason he doesn't follow me. Anyways, <laughs> um, this is a, a really strong book because of the characters in it. This is, I, I feel like we do this a lot. A lot of the books we read have such strong casts. And I think that's what makes a really good comic relatable when you have characters that you can see yourself in and that just feel like friends to you. And this is this is a good little group of friends. Lexi, would you like to take us through our, our main duo, our main, our main two lovebirds? I would. They're so cute. They kind of remind me of... Um... Our lovely little Tilly Walden characters from On a Sunbeam, they gave me the same vibes of like, oh, look, I she can... has a little flower. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> definitely see that. But um, we start off our story with our, of course, as Anne said, we have two main major characters. We have Nova, our lovely little witch, and she uses she, her pronouns. And then we have Tam, who is a childhood friend of Nova. And they use they, them pronouns. And so we follow their love story of how it kind of touches back on their childhood, of how they felt for each other before we get the backstory of knowing that Tam disappeared. When they are reunited, it kind of picks right back up from where they they were, where they left off. And it's just a really cute, heartwarming story for the two of them and their reunion. But it's also paired with the downfall from our evil Pam. Dallas's arch nemesis, Pam. <laughs> Gotta name the villain Pam. I just, I can't help but laugh out loud at that. That's the most, like, unaggressive name they could possibly <laughs> think of. And Pam. the evil Dark Lord, Pam. <laughs> From the office? What? Pam? <laughs> Pam? Pamela? <laughs> I just could not help but laugh at the very beginning. Because we also are introduced to other characters, Nova's Nanas, which I mm-hmm. and and we were talking about how much we love the Nanas. Mm-hmm. They are so funny. But we just get this part where <laughs> tall Nana just <laughs> bitches about how much she hates Pam. And I, we're all like, why? Why does why? Nana hate what? Pam? Yeah. And short Nana's like, I don't know why she hates Pam. We just hate Pam. <laughs> But care care to explain the nanas and yeah, um, the nanas are Nova's grandmothers, and they're basically her guardians since Nova's parents are actually deceased. Not that that stops them from coming by for family reunions, but um, 
yeah, they take care of her. They're also witches. And that was actually one of my favorite little scenes is like, um, Tam and Nova were talking about like, oh, how are we going to take care of this evil wolf demon in the woods? And they're like, we'll figure it out. We'll be right back. And the grandmothers were like, bye, have fun. And they look at each other. It's like, you want to go take care of it? Yeah, we go take care of it. <laughs> they just go and they handle shit on their own. And I thought that was so cool to see. And they have their little garden with all the, the their cute little, little animals. Garden. It was it was so beautiful. They looked like little Pokemon. They, they, they were so <laughs> cute. I, when they bring them back for like the final battle later and they, mm-hmm. they have like the little grumpy faces on them. That was, that's my favorite little touch in the whole thing. Yeah. And what Dallas did with Pam is what I did with tall Nana. I had canon her as trans. Cause I'm like, that's the woman I want to be when I'm her age. She's <laughs> tall and she's awesome. And she owns a bookstore. So like, and it's perfect. Don't call her tall Nana. I don't know what will be better. <laughs> that's the dream. That's the goal. <laughs> I hope they tell, call her Gran Ma. Gran Ma. Like goats. Jesus. <laughs> That's... Isn't that how people talk in Ohio? Is yeah. that... In puns? <laughs> yes. In... <laughs> Actually, we don't talk in Ohio. We just play um, cornhole. That's all. That's how we settle all, dis- all disputes. I thought you were all busy being in Elden Ring. <laughs> That's Cleveland. <laughs> We don't talk about Cleveland. We don't, we don't talk, talk about, about Cleveland. Cleveland. No, no, no. That's like Utah. Like, we don't talk about Ogden. No, no, no. I live in Ogden. Leave me alone. That's because you're a raccoon person. It's true. It's true. Oh, my gosh. If I knew a single <clears throat> trash panda triangle face monkey, it is you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But speaking of great family dynamics... We don't have one. <laughs> not, will not be found on the show. But nope. you know who does have a great family dynamic? The Nanas and their family. Because not only is their family super magical, it's super weird. Because they have a family reunion where Nova's parents come to visit. And they're ghosts. So it's like, it's nice that they're dead. And they're, at least they're making an effort to show up. And I'm again, I'm just going to go on the record and say it. Ben Parker is not a great uncle. Because he doesn't show up. When was the last time he was there for Peter? Obviously, never. If you stay dead in the Marvel Universe, it's because you're not trying hard enough. Every time Peter dies, there's a whole <laughs> there's a whole scene every time. Every time. Yeah, because he's like, you come to me. I'm not coming to you. I mean, that's my stance on relatives as well. So. It's true. As he texts me for the 17th time to come see him in New York City. Yeah. And I cry and no money as I still go. Still buys my summer ticket. <laughs> oh. And they have, she has an aunt and uncle and a cousin, Terry, who is the best character in this comic. Because Terry, what Dallas, what's up with Terry? He has a bird head. He has a bird head. But he's also shredded. He's also fucking shredded. (laughs) Cousin Terry is swole. And also Terry talks. That's actually. Nobody believes. Fun fact, that's actually what every pigeon looks like. If you pluck their feathers off, they're just shredded. Do, do they you, come with the suits? Yeah, yeah. If you pluck a pigeon, it's just like rippling muscles underneath <laughs> the feathers. Biceps. <gasps> that, well, that I was could... a chicken. I, I I've never <laughs> known a chicken to balk. I, I do know chickens to balk. I've never known a pigeon to balk. There what we go. What noises do pigeons make? <laughs> Give me your food. Actually, pigeons, this is the noise they make. I'm walking it. I'm a pigeon. <laughs> 
Take it easy, sweetheart. <laughs> I'm a pigeon. Cool, cool. Ooh. Uh, we're, oh we're recording the show late at night, everyone who's listening, so that's why you might have we're noticed a, little, a shift in change or something today. Um, yeah, it's this. I'm trying to think of the best best segue because I don't want to talk about the stepdad because honestly, fuck him. Trash. <laughs> Trash stepdad. I think something that I really like about this comic is the representation of intersectionality mm-hmm. in characters. I feel like in a lot of comic books and just media in general, I feel like everybody gets to be one thing. You know, mm-hmm. you get to be the gay character. You get to be the... Asian character you get to be the blank blank whatever you know and I think mooncakes is really good at representing the reality of human humanity that we all have a lot going on Mm -hmm. like I think for me the most special moment was when these little witches got together with their extended family to celebrate not only an autumn festival but Sukkot as well which is a, a Jewish holiday And like, it wasn't a big thing. It wasn't a big like, and this is our big Jewish thing we're doing here in the Mm -hmm. comic. But just like the reality of their world that they had a lot going on. And I think the magic of Mooncakes for me lies in its representation of humanity. Because I love witches in a modern world. I always think it's cute. I always think it's fun. It's a trope that makes me feel alive. Mm -hmm. But I think Mooncakes is special and it's one I'm excited to talk about. Because I feel like everybody can see themselves in these pages, you know, in a way that you might not be able to in other comics. If you are a non-binary reader, this is somewhere where you can go and see yourself. And that isn't always true of comics from the big two. If you're someone who uses hearing aids or has Mm -hmm. other similar things going on in your life, you have a protagonist here who not only is like you, but shows a heroic nature within the, within the bounds of that situation. And it, it's beautiful and it's special. And I feel like it's the kind of story that makes you realize that everyone is important and everyone is special. And I think this week I watched the movie turning red, which was very sweet (laughs) and very cute. And there's been, a little bit of drama because a lot of reviews have been coming in about how this movie it's too specific. Like reviewers can't relate to what it's like being a 13 year old Asian girl in 2002, mm-hmm. which basically translates into like, they don't have the same complaint about Batman, but basically just like it says like, I refuse to take in anything that isn't directly pitched at me all the time <laughs> is what that interviewer says. And I, that wasn't my experience with Turning Red at all. I feel like I watched that and I saw humanity and I learned from it and it made me feel warm and fuzzy. And I feel like Mooncakes is the same way where like if you happen to fall right in the intersectional identity that Mooncakes represents, you're going to feel so seen in a way that I don't think you ever have before. But like, I, I have nothing in common with these characters really other than I too am a human being that feels those same emotions and wants to feel triumphant, wants to feel powerful in the unique ways that I am powerful. And I think that is what makes Mooncake special. And so like beyond like the cuteness, the silliness, like I Mm -hmm. like all of that too. I think there's a core at this center of this book 
that made me excited to talk about it this week, more so than any other cutesy comic we read. Oh, look at you. <laughs> oh, yeah, we really buried the lead on that one. That was perfect. Proud, proud of you. This is what we pay you to edit for. Just kidding. We don't. <laughs> I could have listened to that all day. But you make so many great points. There's a lot here that's deeper than I think is is there at the surface. This is a comic that has actually been in the process of being worked on since 2015. This started as a webcomic, and I'm actually sending both of you the link to it right now because I found the very earliest um, panels from this. And you can see a very visible evolution of not just the art style, but everything that um, the creators were doing with this book. It has come so far. What we got in like the print version is definitely like the finalized, complete version where everything's like HD cutesy. And it's cool to see how the story has changed from then to now. But there's a lot of core elements that made it special then and make it special now. One of the things I saw some people talking about that I wanted to point out is the fact that it's really kind of unique to make the werewolf character non-binary and kind of use the fact that they are like this werewolf kind of like between two places as sort of a symbol for their gender identity. Because they're not one thing or the other, they're just them. And I thought that was really unique and creative. And I just love Tam's journey through this. It's just someone trying to force onto them an identity that isn't them, but they think they should have because it's the right thing for them. That's a theme that keeps coming through. And I think it's really, that's why the inclusion of their stepdad was very important there because it shows how much pressure can come from family to be something that you're not. And to see Tam not only work through this, but overcome it and accept that, like, hey, I understand what you are. You're what they want me to be. And that's not good for any of us. Because I was actually thinking about this today. It's as a trans person, it's weird because at times it feels like I've lived two different lives and there's two different versions of me that have existed. And how do I reconcile those two things? And it's it's a lot to think about and to like contemplate and you have to reach a point where you're like, I can't force you to be something you're not going to be. And you need to, you need to be you. And I think that's what happens when Tam has that conversation with the werewolf in their head. And they're like, listen, this isn't great for anyone. We can figure this out. We can be our own things separately. And that's fine. We don't have to force this into one thing that we're not. And I thought that was, that was really special. I like that a lot too. And I think the, another huge strength, spoilers for Mooncakes. Um, I don't think it will super matter. Mooncakes mm-hmm. is more of an experience than like a setup payoff. Right. But the confrontation being solved with words and with like radical acceptance of oneself was really powerful. But I thought it was interesting because it was... Um, it was built towards with Nova and Tam teaching Tam to accept themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a really powerful lesson for all of us that you can't really, I don't want to say this. You can't save somebody else until you kind of have your stuff in order, mm-hmm. you know? And I think life is just a series of all of us helping each other get our things in order so that we then can go and help other people get their things in order. 
And you're never going to be perfect and you're never going to be all the way done, but things can click into place for you that you can then turn around and help other people click into place. Mm -hmm. And so the same way that Nova helped Tam accept themselves and love themselves, Tam was able to turn around and help the demon love and accept itself. And the world was saved. You know, the world of mooncakes was saved because of that. And I think that's something that again can be carried throughout our entire life. Like I can think of so many examples of times that people have taught me important lessons that I've been able to pass on and help other people that I hope they then have been able to go and help everyone else. And I just think that that little central lesson in Mooncakes is really valuable and really something to try and emulate in our day-to-day life. And I like as well that it's not necessarily a comfortable thing to do. Like Nova and Tam had to trust each other to do this. They had Tam had to let Nova in and Nova had to be brave to help Tam in this way. But the story wouldn't have turned out. They wouldn't have won the day if they hadn't had this emotionally intimate moment together. And I just, I think the idea of choosing to be open enough to letting people help you and being brave enough to offer to help other people is very important. I, I completely and full heart heartily agree. That's, that's a fantastic way to put it. And I like that that journey comes back for Nova herself, because at the end of the story, she's like, okay, now I need to take the next step with me. I need to do something to make myself better, to, further my journey. And she decides to take that step where she's like, okay, I'm moving away. I'm going to go do the witch thing. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to learn how to be the person I'm meant to be. And just, it's, 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 a, <laughs> I don't know what I was going to say. It's a, it's a full circle. I liked it. So Lex, I have one question. I think mm-hmm. also this story has a lot to do with the transition from childhood to adulthood as a young woman. And I I want to know how you related to this story in that way. Because I feel like as your older brother, I have watched you over the last like two years transition in your life to a different kind of person. Do you feel like Mooncakes represented that well? Do you feel like you saw a little bit of your own life and how things have gone in Nova deciding to go out into the world? Yeah, I would say yes. I feel like I definitely felt very seen with We kind of see it like throughout, but we get the context that Nova had made the decision to stay home when in normal witch culture, like you are supposed to go out and kind of put your roots down on your own and like in your own city, like make your surroundings with that by yourself. And we get the story of um, Nova deciding to stay with her nanas. And I find that very interesting and kind of hit specifically home for me because I didn't go away to college. I took a very different approach to furthering my education and I lived at home for two years-ish after graduating high school. And I feel like it did create kind of an interesting dynamic and not a negative one per se, um, but a different one because to kind of use you and I as an example, um, Dallas left very soon after he graduated high school and he has in all honesty, never come back. So not in like a negative way or anything, but um, it just was very interesting. Like he kind of had that abrupt 
like, okay, I'm on my own. Peace out. I'm an adult now. Like it was very like stark for our parents. And with me, like I was 21 years old before they allowed me to have an opinion on my life, which is very interesting. And we kind of get this like little bickery moment with the ghost parents about how they view what Nova should be doing with her life. And I felt very seen by that as well because to use this contrast with because wasn't it mentioned that Nova had two sisters? I think Nova has two sisters that were gone. And that's why they used those as an example of like, this is what Nova should be doing. And I will run the fact check. I do not remember Perfect. That. I think that's true. Or like cousins or somebody's set up in another place. And that's what the mom was talking to the nanas about. And they're like, we think that she should be doing this. Like, if we were still here, this is how we would be doing this. And then Nana's kind of had an interesting perspective of like, no, she has that power to make those decisions for herself. Like, she can do that. If she's going to be an adult like you want her to be, she has to do these things to get to that point. Which was kind of hard for me and my transition to adulthood. But... In not in a negative way, if that makes sense. It's sometimes just very hard for the, sh- the for the long run of adjusting to your child's adulthood or your, I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like sometimes I, the more stark stop of their childhood is a little easier to swallow. Well, yeah, I, th- I think you've had to battle our parents a little bit more for your independence than I did because mm-hmm. I just sort of was like, bye. And I've you had to learn how to be an adult next to them. Yeah. Whereas I got to learn to be an adult away from them. Yeah. I, I I just can't help but feel like this is so ridiculous. Like now I say it, but I had a curfew when I was 20 years old. And I just think that that's gross. That is strange. Like I got my ass chewed out for falling asleep at my boyfriend's house. Ass handed to me. So it just is interesting. It's very interesting. And I'm like, y'all were married at my age. Piss off. <laughs> but no, it's it's just different. It's just it was I felt very seen by the mm-hmm. I'm gonna do what I want and leave when I want type of thing. I think it, it is interesting because there are certain expectations for what it means to become an adult, right? And I think this <laughs> book it talks about it through like the lens of being a witch. Like, well, witches are supposed to go off and be on their own at a certain age. Mm -hmm. And I think increasingly more as like the world becomes the way it is, that isn't as much of a reality for some people. Mm -hmm. Like not many people do have the means to just go out on their own anymore. And we have, we're learning more and more, especially as, I mean, like the three of us are white people, you know, like mm-hmm. I feel like white people for the first time in a very long time are having to learn to interact with generations of family around them. Mm-hmm. Like we haven't just all scattered to the four winds and it's interesting and it has growing pains. And I think while Mooncakes isn't specifically about that experience, it's something that I saw and was interesting to me because I see it mirrored in not only Alexis and I's family, but in the family of my wife that I'm also a part of, you know, and seeing how everyone is figuring out what it means to become an adult all next to each other. 
Yeah, and I also feel like I specifically also have a different experience too because for context, my boyfriend is the youngest of his family. All of his siblings are older than him and are established, married, having children. So to like compare our families to specifically, and I feel bad, I don't want to say like to compare our parents, but like they have very different reactions to the same experiences that we are having, specifically as a couple to use that. And like, for example, my parents um, would prefer if like on family trips, if we slept in different rooms, like they will put Carson with my little brother in a tent out in the woods and I have to sleep in the camper and they come in crying in the middle of the night because it's snowing and my dad says, go back outside. So, but then it's completely different with his. his he's like, hey, we're going to share a tent on this week-long camping trip. And his mom's like, I assume so. <laughs> like, it's just it's just different and it's weird because it's just they've already turned that dial in their mind of like, all of my kids are old enough to make their own decisions now. And I feel like our parents are at half turn of that mm-hmm. dial, if that makes sense. Because they still, my, our youngest sibling is 13. They are still parent. They are still actively parenting. So it's kind of hard to like take the claws out a little bit. So, welcome to everyone's favorite Taylor family therapy. <laughs> the this podcast is so right. My therapist I was... said I could graduate, so I haven't gone in two months. <laughs> I'm okay. That's, that's bananas. <laughs> I, was, I was like, wait, you can graduate? Wait, Apparently, I'm just, I'm just maybe she just forever. was. Maybe this was her way of saying that we are done here. <laughs> He's like, uh, you is unfixable. Uh, I don't gra- have time for this. Graduate- graduation. Here is your diploma. Here go, is a diploma. Get. Go ruin some man's life. Thank you. It's true. It's true. She also has been other therapist, so maybe she couldn't play both sides. <laughs> That's a whole thing. Yeah. Um, and we've been in the circle yeah. of tailordom for a moment. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. I was how do you feel notes. like? Yeah. Yeah, for the the pop quiz later, everyone. Yeah, um, how do you feel like this related to your process of becoming an adult? It's there's a lot that's relatable. Like I'm in the process right now of you know getting ready to come visit you in New York in two weeks, and that's really awesome. But I'm having those moments where I'm like I'm a 26 year old adult and I still have my mom. Saying like I don't, I'm not sure if you should be driving to New York by yourself. And I'm like, I'm I'm a 26 year old woman. I can do I can do this. It's okay. And it's like, it's feeling the parents who like want the best for you, but sometimes have that problem letting go. And I don't think that's what the Nana's had. But I definitely do sometimes. Even though it's not it's not me putting those hooks in. I feel like. I do sometimes rely on my parents too much. And I feel like there's that part of me that's like, if I did move further away, it would make me be more independent. You know, it'd make me have to take care of myself more. So when Nova makes that decision at the end, that's something I really personally admired because I'm like, that's a step I haven't taken, but honestly is something that's enticing to me, you know? And, you know, just, Tam's entire journey of self-acceptance was obviously one that was very, very personal for me for reasons I talked about earlier. So mm-hmm. I there, there was definitely moments I saw myself in both the main characters. I think it it's so interesting because like as someone like Alexa said who had that hard break and I feel like I, I honestly, I don't feel like I have been a part of like 
my original family unit in like a long time, mm-hmm. you know, um, I felt myself like longing for that familiar relationship that was on display. Mm-hmm. Like I, there have been times in my life where like I have wanted so badly for like somebody to like save me a little, like someone to be like the bigger person that's like, come here, little guy, I'll protect you. Mm-hmm. But then the reality is like, you will live in a hotel in New York for two weeks until you figure out how to have a home across the country. Cause like, there's no one here to like save the day, you know? Mm-hmm. And I like, it comes with a lot of freedom, but it also like, I don't feel like there's a safety net that sometimes mm-hmm. I, I feel myself longing, especially recently for like more family for more, like just my people that get me and love me unconditionally and like mm-hmm. want to put in that effort to be yeah. together, mm-hmm. you know? And see, I still have that, which is so hard. Like, I can bitch and complain all I want about my independence, but when my dad brings me mozzarella sticks on Tuesday at work, <laughs> best day of my life. Mm-hmm. Love it. Just because yep. he knows that that's all I like at Arby's, and that's where he likes to go on Tuesdays. Yeah. And <laughs> so like, it's just, it's like the two sides. It's just hard. I was exactly the same, because my mom was talking about how she didn't want me to drive, and I'm like, well, what's the what's the alternative? And my dad used some of his frequent flyer miles to get me airplane tickets out, which is really awesome, and I'm so, so grateful for it. And I love having family around that's like, if you need something, we're there for you. And I love that support. And that's one of the things I love about the Nanas in this book so much, is they're just, they're there to support. Mm-hmm. We're like, Whatever you need, we got you. No questions asked. They went and they took care of a demon <laughs> because yeah, it was. They're like, we'll lock you up for now yeah. till the little kids can figure it out. The, the kids will figure it out. We, we, took care, we took care of the hard part. You can yeah. you can settle this later. It's okay. I just, I really like, There, it seems like there's been a lot of media lately about what it means to be a good family. Mm-hmm. And I think the reality of being our specific age and demographic and the modern world is that like, a lot of us create our own extended families as well. And so I feel like the question often becomes for me, like what kind of family member do I want to be? Mm-hmm. I want to be like the Nanas in this. I want mm-hmm. to be someone that doesn't solve everything, but that can see when things are overwhelming and too big and can take care of them, you know? And again, like that's, that's the beauty of fiction. That's the beauty of a book like Mooncake's is that I'm no one's grandma, you know, but like I can see what they're doing as people is something I want to emulate. Mm-hmm. And so, and I you th- do. You're a very good older brother. I know mm-hmm. I shit on you a lot, but you're very fun to shit on in the most loving way. <laughs> well, when someone is good at everything they do, you do mm-hmm. have to bring them down. You do have to pick two. on them a little you bit. You know, mm-hmm. when you're the smartest kid in this family. When you are the golden child who's never done anything wrong in his whole life, (laughs) nothing ever. Your name's AJ Taylor. Nothing. Word. (laughs) (laughs) He's a whole other level. We won't even talk about him. Angel child. When we got our angel little brother on this show. He's here. I just saw him. He walked past in his ski mask and called it good. He's a menace. Um, I don't know. I... I feel like this comic for me fit in with a lot of like the Disney Pixar animated movies that have mm-hmm. been coming out lately, like mm-hmm. Luca and Kanto turning red. 
feel like there's been a big theme in the Disney Pixar studio lately. Generational trauma. Yeah. <laughs> of like what it what it means to be an individual and a member of a family and a good mm-hmm. member of society. And I I like that. I want mm-hmm. to think more in a collectivist mindset of like, how do I aid the larger populace around me more so than like, what can I get from all the people around me? Ask not what New York city can do for you, but what you can do (laughs) for the weirdest place you've ever lived. True. 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 That's, that's my piece on mooncakes, everyone. I don't know what to say other than that was beautiful. I think that's, oh, it's, it's a much greater conversation than I thought I was, because I wasn't sure what to bring to this. I'm like, I really enjoyed it, but I'm not sure more, what was more to it than that. And mm-hmm. I think that's my favorite part about just having these weekly conversations is if I don't find it right away, both of you help me find it. And I think that's special. I just can't help but imagine all of us like in a circle digging well, like, we'll get there together eventually. Just dig down far <laughs> enough, we'll hit each other. It's, sometimes people dig more than others. Like, uh-huh. Dallas, Dallas. threw from hell. And Dallas is like, let me explain to you. I'm digging the wrong works. way. <laughs> I mean, I was dumping dirt on Dallas the whole time. Yeah, Just like, it's true. If we hurry, we can bury him. <laughs> we can leave him in hell. <laughs> leave him in hell. We only have to do cute witch books if we leave him in hell. <laughs> True. Bring on the only indie books. The only this is indie, the indie pod now. I mean, I like them too. Indie books rule. It's just <laughs> sometimes convincing people to read them is harder. Yeah. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. They're so fun. See, I just I wish the indies were more accessible. Like the thing mm-hmm. I like about the DC and Marvel stuff is I have those the the streaming apps. So like their entire backlog is just available to me whenever. Indies, I just have to cross my fingers and pray they're available on Comixology Unlimited. That's true. That's true. And when they're not, it just puts like a little break on it. Because I'm like, can I afford this or should I just wait? And usually it's just, I'm going to wait. Yeah. I do forget about that. But it's usually worth it. Just get your older brother to buy it for you, everyone. Get on the the roll, Oh, shoot. I'm the oldest. (laughs) That's okay. Even though Dallas is younger than you, he can be your older brother too. <laughs> He'll just adopt everyone. He's to, like a nana. We have to keep him the middle child of the podcast. That is true. I am the most fun because I am the youngest. You are the baby of the podcast. <laughs> That's all right. My boyfriend's the baby of his family and it shows. So I got to be baby to somebody. What do you, how do you feel about magic in a modern setting? in stories like this because so like it's a huge soft spot for me like sabrina mm-hmm. the teenage witch is, oh. is my queen i love sabrina i love sabrina. this this whole book just gave me so many kiki's delivery service vibes mm-hmm. and that's one of my favorite ghibli movies so it's it it's this great like clashing of two things that shouldn't fit together like magic isn't a real thing so it shouldn't be anachronistic but it kind of feels like it you know where it's like this shouldn't be here but i'm really glad that it is because it adds something really special do you know what double feature this comic actually feels like it would fit adventure man oh okay wait no i can see that like smells Mm -hmm. like a library or smells like an old bookstore 
mm-hmm. has like a little bit of mysticism. Where once Adventure Man has like a big enough chunk, we're totally doing it on this. Oh podcast. my god, yes. I'm Top just lady. She's very tall. Alexis, you will you would love Adventure Man. Um we just have to we I'm making us wait till there's more of it. Because there's fine. only only eight <sighs> issues. It's it keeps bugging me because I keep going in looking for the second volume. I'm like, wait, issue eight just came out? That's not enough. I need more. <laughs> it is a slow one. It's like Klaus. There's not enough of it, but I don't really want them to rush. I mm-hmm. would rather they just take their time and give me a good one. That's true. Yeah. But I don't know. I just I like little witchy things. I like you know what old I also books. love. Hmm. I love the trope of the friend who doesn't understand any of it. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. What was Tatiana? What is her name? Tatiana. Yeah. She was she was my vibe because she was like coming out from the scientific angle where she's like, scientifically, none of this makes sense. I'm like, you're me. Yeah. <laughs> you are exactly the person I would be in the situation. <laughs> I'd be trying to find the genus and species of all the magical creatures in that garden. Oh. Be like, what did you descend from while picking up the green slime blob? You look like a pretty flower wolf. What are you? <laughs> Clearly, you're a, you're a fungus, but itself. when did you evolve eyes? When did you grow legs, damn it? <laughs> I like actually looking at these panels that you sent, Anne, from the mm-hmm. first version of this. I like the character redesign of Tatiana. Mm-hmm. I like... I like that everybody feels cute but real mm-hmm. in the final product of this comic. Like I, I like that there are different body types. I like that mm-hmm. there are different facial structures, and I like that everybody is just treated like they're all equally like a valid member of this world. Mm-hmm. I think again, while I love superhero comics, I think something that indie comics do so well is showing the validity of different body types and looks because Mm -hmm. everyone in superhero comics is a god or goddess the hottest person you've ever seen and i don't really want that to change i kind of like that but Mm -hmm. i like the indies give me something else you know like i'll i will never forget how important it felt to me when i i felt like i was bigger than i wanted to be and like while Mm -hmm. I, i feel good about myself right now like there have been times where i have certainly not been comfortable with how my body looks Mm-hmm. And when the Will in Saga was still a badass when he was big and when the book framed him as a badass when like there's the panel. I know it's a sad panel but when he has like the bracelets on and he's coming up mm-hmm. a- after he's been captured and like he's a little huskier than he was. But like he looks like a fucking unit and it's like that is a dude like I feel like that in my brain is how I look. And it it felt so cool to feel represented that way. To be like, I am a badass. I am strong like that, you know? In a way that I had never felt looking at someone like Peter Parker, who is very slender. Yeah. Gotta be honest. Oh, oh, go for it, Lexi. Sorry, I was just gonna say, and honestly, I like the way, to kind of piggyback off of that as well, I, similar thing, I grew up very thin, and when I was placed on birth control when I was 17, I gained 70 pounds in three months. And that was the biggest kick in the pants ever. And I really like reading stuff like this because as someone who struggles with that, it never once pops up in my mind that like, for example, like Tatiana, 
never thought like they never made that her personality mm-hmm. you know like they never make anybody's personality based on how they look which I really like because having had a few experiences where it kind of has become that for me has been very interesting like I never I grew up never having to worry about that or I just remember I've had a few very specific experiences in the past two years that are like wow I hope I never made anybody feel like this you know Mm -hmm. and I feel like that's the gold with these indie comics is like they are the type of thing like they're showing how we should treat people like they don't make people feel this way and I really like that like it's very special I completely agree everything I was gonna say just piggybacking off both that it can definitely be a little bit draining reading superhero comics like I'm on my like Emma Frost binge and I love my girl Emma Frost but sometimes it does make me feel a little bit (laughs) self-conscious that I don't look like Emma Frost and it's it it can be hard but when you see a book like this and especially like the relationship that Nova and Tam have was just purely they love each other because they love each other it's never made like oh i love you because you're sexy or because you i like x aspect about your body it's just i love you because i love you and i think that's really great you don't you don't see that outside of indie comics a lot it's like going to like the objectification of women it happens so much in the big two that it's really ridiculous and it can really slip by you because it becomes such a commonplace thing that when a comic like this comes around and you just you have to sit for a second you're like okay this is how it should be (laughs) this makes sense this feels like the way life should be it doesn't feel like the hollywood version of it i just i like that because like i look at both of you and like you're both beautiful you know what i mean like It's it's because I have your face. (laughs) (laughs) So true. Still traumatized by that. That picture you sent me. Oh, Mm -hmm. yep. Mm -hmm. That's the tailor. I'm like, they're one. We are clones. One species. My my mom hit copy and paste. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't know where AJ came from, but me, Dallas, Tiffany cloned. Very true. Um, I don't know. I just, I feel, I feel sad that so much of society seems to be built around telling 98% of the population that we're not good enough because we Mm -hmm. don't look like the exception when like, if you're listening to this podcast, I assure you, you are beautiful. And there's Mm -hmm. someone that thinks you are beautiful. And it's like, you're not just beautiful on the inside either. Like, I think that's, I think it's valid to say like, oh, I am beautiful on the inside. Like, I would also love it to become normal for people to feel beautiful on the outside as well, even if we don't look how ads for clothing companies or gyms want us to look. And I think something that was huge for me was, like, for a very long time, it was very hard for me to shop for clothes because I'm, like, I'm a very tall, broad person. Mm -hmm. And clothes, to be able to be marketed to everyone are built for men that are 170 pounds and five foot 11. Like that's, that is what male clothes are for. And so I consistently felt like a lard ass. Cause I did not like, I, I could not fit a double XL pant from H and M onto my body to save my life. And I was like, what 
is the mm-hmm. matter with me? You know, like ruin my whole day, you know? And it was just recontextualizing and finding clothing stores that felt good to me and felt affirming that I was like, oh, I look good. I look hot, you know? And I, it seems like a weird comparison to make, but I feel like books like Mooncakes are that equivalent where you read them and like everybody kind of just looks like people and everybody is loved and everybody is seen as cute. And it helps rewire your brain to be like, this is the ideal. This is what real mm-hmm. life is like. Like, this is what it should look like for exactly. everyone. <laughs> yeah. And Dallas, as a, a six foot one, six foot two, almost 200 pound trans woman, you've never said anything that relates to me more than I cannot find fucking clothes <laughs> that make me feel okay. I, I die. All my, my sleeves heel. are too short. I have long arms. They just, they all come up to like here. And I'm like, I'm just going to pretend it's intentional. For a society, and I'm so sorry, (laughs) but for a society that loves boobs so Mm -hmm. much, you'd think they'd never seen anybody because the shirts that they make don't fit boobs. (laughs) Ever. Ever. Like, Mm -hmm. according to my, I'm so sad. If I were to name drop one brand that I would sell my soul to the devil to own everything in. It would be Bohm. I don't know if you ever heard of it. I don't know if anybody cares. I rocked the shit out of that all of high school. Favorite clothes, bought almost everything I could get my hands on from them. When I gained weight, I am now considered larger than an XL for them. And that was extremely hard. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know if it's just my own mental body dysmorphia, but I don't think that that makes sense. It doesn't. Like, that's outrageous. Because I remember I was so excited. I specifically recently, I was going to Disneyland, okay? I saw this very cute bodysuit that they created. I, for context, am a 5'9", curvy woman. And I bought this bodysuit and I could not button it without having my full, like, basically to my belly button showing. And I was like, who, who were these made for? This does not make sense. This is a size XL. Like, this is outrageous. So it's just it's so unrealistic. Like, I just wish everybody could feel the way that this this comic makes you feel. Mm-hmm. Just normal. Like, this is real. And it's not even that, like, it's about that. You know what I mean? Like, never in the pages does it ever say, like, no. it's okay to be you. But, like, yeah. it makes you feel that way because of how the creators of this book present humanity. And I feel like walking away from that, I want to be the human equivalent of this book where like people feel beautiful and special because of how they're treated in our interactions, you know? And like, I would hope that that's everybody's goal after reading this. It's just a, it's a sweet book. I agree. It's, it's the parts where the book doesn't have to say anything because the art speaks volumes. A picture's mm-hmm. worth a thousand words, and this book clearly spoke immensely. And I can't speak at all. <laughs> <laughs> I think Enough it's said. quite good. Should we do the listener question, or do we have some more things to say about the book? No, I feel like the listener question will dig us deeper. Let's do it. This has turned into much deeper of a conversation than I anticipated for Moon. Well, Race. you started you are it. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you for the pick, Lex. Um, picking bangers. Don't mind me. All we right, everyone. Next week. 
I'm so excited for Bell next week. All right, everyone. It's that time of the week again. Oh, my gosh. The Glenn question of the week. <laughs> we'll commission music eventually. Specifically for the Glenn. Glenn, if you submit an audio file of what you would like the Glenn question of the week music to be, I would, would edit it into so the podcast. Wonderful. If you send me like a 10 second music snippet that won't get me copyrighted i will put it Even in Glenn. better make it yourself with your own voice it's glenn yeah and so the glenn question of the week dear moon people i have yeah. not read this but it sounds very similar to the okay witch has the collective read this great original graphic novel glenn would recommend i have not added to the list because we like little witches I have not, but it looks mega, mega cute. Is it on Comixology? I want to look at it now. All right. While you two are looking at that, question number two. From panels that have been posted, Glenn sees this book has a non-binary protagonist. Are YA OGNs lapping bigger companies in representation? This Glenn thinks yes. And... Final. Glenn oh. is correct. Yeah, Glenn going. is definitely correct. Okay, so the OK Witch is definitely on Comixology. I don't think it's on Unlimited, but it is available for oh, purchase. It looks so cute. Right? I and love her little fluffy cat. <laughs> it's as my, better be as my, my cat just bit my ankle under the... <laughs> She's she, such a bitch. She heard. My cat's just fucking asleep it's fine she's so cute she's like a little toasty cinnamon bun back there she is she's just waiting for me to get up because i haven't fed her yet tonight as soon as i get out of this chair she's gonna wake up like Scream. it's alarm time let's go it's go time <laughs> um yeah ya graphic novels and everything are lapping <laughs> everything else because like i'm just thinking about like dc's great ya lines and the fact that in may we're getting one featuring a transgender main character which is something that dc comics hasn't done in any of their actual mainline books ever and the fact that we're getting it in ya is really great like i'm glad that it exists because there's children out there who are gonna be able to see it and to feel safe and seen in that which means the absolute world to me and it's something that i really wish that the adult quote-unquote adult comics because like just if you're not if you're an adult read the ya books they're still really good it's something the quote-unquote adult comics need to do better too i maintain that my very favorite wonder woman comic that i've read in a quite a while was i mean we're gonna cover one in june don't worry <laughs> there is a wonder woman comic on the horizon that we love and historia was great it's not done yet, so I don't oh. count it for anything yet. But Nubia Real One was incredible. The YA graphic novel Nubia Real One. It's on the Comixology, Lex. It is incredible. And I think more people should have read it. Um, so question number three from Mr. Glenn. I'm assuming food is involved in this comic. What fictional food do each of you wish you could have? I want to try the gray stuff from Beauty and the Beast, which I know you can get at Disney parks. Listen, Glenn, I want Uncle Iroh to make me tea. That's all that I want. (laughs) It's a good good idea. I also want to eat the food that gets them trapped in Spirited Away. 
that also looks tasty. <laughs> a little too tasty. <laughs> the first time I ever saw like fictional food that made me like salivate. If I don't know if you remember Pinocchio when he made like the fish dinner. Oh, that was yeah. like that looked scrumptious. That was mm-hmm. bone appetite perfection. But I would love to try an everlasting gobstopper, like one that actually ever lasts. That's a good one too. I don't know what I want. And I'm such a food person too, which is outrageous. <laughs> like literally nothing is coming to mind. Prince Street Pizza. Anne gets to have Prince Street Pizza with me in two weeks. I don't even want to hear about it. Don't even talk about it to me. <laughs> just just I'm fly out. It's okay. I'm trying to get my it's boyfriend okay. to come out, all right? <laughs> Not of the closet, out of the state. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned because I was definitely going to say something. He is just a love... He is just... No. He is just a little homebody who don't want no Prince Street Pizza. But I'm trying my best. Coward. Coward. Tell him that we won't make him sleep in a tent in the hallway when he comes and visits. <laughs> he can share the air mattress with you. <laughs> Surprise, everyone sleeps in the hallway. Yeah, sorry, it's New, <laughs> New York, baby. Everyone's sure, in the you hallway. You gotta sleep in the subway. We sleep. Some people do. <laughs> I know, I saw someone. Um, what food? What else is there? Um... I just feel like anime food is always so delicious. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> as long oh. as you don't say anything from Hannibal, we're fine. <laughs> yeah. Like this was like people toes. <laughs> true crime. Murder. Blah, blah, blah. All right. I, if we have nothing else to say about this, I have one witchy story because witches always have cats. <gasps> yes. And surprise, oh. my little witchy wife is trying to potty train our cat with for the human toilet oh, right yeah. now. And it is the most dramatic ass thing that has ever happened. It was going great. They have this thing where you turn your toilet into a kitty litter place, which, great. It was going great. And then you cut out the middle of it and you slowly cut it away until the cat just goes to potty in the human potty. We are exactly... Like an inch by an inch hole in the middle, and all of a sudden the cat's like, "That is just too strange. No way. I will hold my potty until I die." <laughs> and it's it's been a week long. Our cat being like, "Please, someone, give me somewhere to poop." And we're like, "It's right there." And she's like, "A snake will come out and bite my bum." And we're like, "Just go there. It's simple." And she's like, "I will not." And so she has this new trick. Where she waits until we're done with... We've had to keep the bathtub filled up like a quarter inch of water so that she won't go poop in the bathtub. But she like strategically waits until like we're immediately done with the shower and we like drain it all before we can fill it back up with that quarter inch. And she's like, speed poops and runs away. (laughs) Just let her have her box, damn it. She's a speed pooper. She's She's not speedy in any other aspect of her life. She's this little chongo that just comes like thumping down the hallway (laughs) to your two foot hallway. Our two foot hallway. It's the farthest she's ever run (laughs) so that she can (laughs) give a a speed dookie in the toilet. And I want to know if there are any witches out there that have had a similar problem with their cat. Has Salem, the talking cat, ever had to be a speed pooper in. He probably is a speed pooper. Probably. You know he is. That cat probably he's... like smokes cigarettes. He's he's, he's... <laughs> <laughs> no, he smokes a pipe. Be real. 
fine. Classy. You're right. He has a monocle that he'll wear when he smokes his pipe. Doesn't it's not it doesn't have a prescription, it's just his glass. <laughs> there's, there's something else he smokes that he doesn't have a prescription for either, but that's fine. Methamphetamine. <laughs> because he's from Missouri. Every everyone that shows on meth, that cat does not actually talk. <laughs> there's no magic involved at all in this show. They're just tripping balls. Mm-hmm. Okay, now that we've thoroughly ruined Sabrina, are we oh, ready to tragedy. do the outro? Let's I mean, do the we outro. Must. Let me pull it up because I forgot about it. Okay, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> Every time. Every time. I forget. I forget. I don't know why I don't have it memorized at this point. I kind of do. But if you like the show and want to hear more from us throughout the week, please go follow our Twitter account at CMX Collective. Or you can find each of us at Dallas underscore comics, at Ann Comics, and at Lexi Lou underscore comics. You can also call Dallas at this number. (laughs) Yeah, and tell him that he has to read your book that you're interested in for the pod. Uh, If you enjoyed the show and want to show your support, please go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening and give us a five-star review. And if you write something down, we'll read it off on the show. Nothing nothing to read, ever. (laughs) You Spotify listeners, if you you email us proof of your five-star review and send the review in an email, we will still read that. We will invite you False. to New York City. No, we, False. We <laughs> will not do give that. Dallas more work to do. <laughs> exactly. Whoever gave us the not five-star review, so we're 4.9 stars. Dad. We're under your bed. Word. Honestly, word. Like, Who's our dad? I get it. It was probably after the Batman Year One episode. I felt kind of weird about that one, too. It was a weird week. I get it. It was, it was a weird, a weird week. week. The world went to war. Um, Texas was Texas. Um, what some planet had to be in retrograde. Yeah, everyone had an off week. Take it back. Give us a five star review. We'll forgive you <laughs> if Dallas you forgive Dallas us first. Send you a virtual hug and a kiss. A real hug and a kiss. Yeah, that's the best cameo you could possibly ask for. Dallas will show up at your house under your bed <laughs> and with all the I'm- rose quartz. <laughs> There's not enough room. Feel free to email us or send us your rose quartz and with your questions and comments for the show at thecomicscollective at gmail.com. We will see you guys all next week for our episode of Bone, our second, our two out of three. Bone? Volumes four through six. So excited. We get to meet little Mr. Fluffy Pants. The cutest little monster in the world. He doesn't have any toes. He just has little mittens. <laughs> oh, thanks for reminding me. I have to stop at the library tomorrow. Yep. It's going to be great. Thanks, everybody. We Bye. Love you. Bye. Bye.